0: Saying, I guess the idea for today is to reflect on the interview we recently had with James Barnett mm-hmm. on the question of banditry, or is it warlordism, or is it mm-hmm. um, Fulani headsman etc.
1: Things are all woven into <laughs> one big ball.
2: Depends on it depends on what narrative the person who is. Who's exactly. is pushing exactly it? and I
0: guess the question of narrative is something that we'll come back to today you know I've got a few questions and'd be interesting to hear what you guys think about them or respond to them first one would be yeah what were your overall impressions of the conversation like um maybe we can start from what you most appreciated or what you kind of took out of took out of the conversation
1: yeah, this um, is James's um, depth of you know, the depth of his work and uh, what you know how deep he was able to interact with these guys to probe into yeah. you know these sectional or different layers of the causes of the conflict, you know, at times it might have been economic, at times inter ethnic, yeah. you know, problems and all, you know, so the simplistic mm. understanding that most people have or had about the conflict, you know, should have been addressed by by his um you know um expose on these guys and it, sh- it even brings to light the need or mm. the, the the um understanding that the government has a lot of work to do in those areas because if you have a section of the population that mm. now the de- you know devise self-help means of you know catching the government's attention or making money for themselves or pushing their own Narrative and you know using violence. Then what's the function of the state? Then you know. So that's the thing. Like this is deep and social scientists must get on board. You know, economists, South people must get on board. Agricultural people must get on board. You know, because resources, lack of resources, or you know, or some people trying to commandeer resources all these things that it's it's complex you know and we've seen from that interview that there's a lot of work to do we have to be honest with ourselves and i mean as much as nigeria yeah. is still the entity that it is we can't look away from you know what we have happening there you know so it's really deep work mecca you want to take a step
2: hi hello
1: i was
0: hoping that won't come my way <laughs> oh, you're just you're wait, you're waiting to unleash your criticisms. You're not ready first to, to start with praise. It's uh, it's no, it's I mean. So I
2: mean, I listened to it firsthand, but I, I mean, it was nice to yeah. to hear f- feedback from OEG who was unavoidably upset. Um, hmm. And I think for me, it's I've, I've had to do. You know, I don't think if I'm being critical of my own self, I don't think I've even given it as much, you know, only, you know, Mm. to the point, I mean, just, maybe just to the point that I, so I, I, it it raises a lot of, maybe questions for me, you know, once I move beyond, um, James's, knowledge of, 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 you know, the conflict itself, um,
1: Mm. which,
2: which is, um, We, it's not surprising. I don't think the word is surprising. I think it's impressive. Maybe that's the word. Yeah, more it's impressive. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but the kinds of questions that it raises for me, you know, from government's handling of the matter, you know, um,
1: mm.
2: it also forces me to ask, where are our social scientists, really? How come? We didn't see this coming, you know. Hmm. um, Mm. I mean, it's it's like a ten-year-old problem, like it's a decade long, maybe a bit longer, you you know. So it's not something that you can pinpoint to one party in power. So it's something that started from towards the end of um, PDP. Good luck, Jonathan's days to Hmm. to this one. Uh Um, there's also, I mean, but, so when you look at it, even, I mean, of course, people even conflict or conflict rather this with Boko Haram, you know, so that's there, that misunderstanding is there. Yeah. Um, but there's also, um, a bit of the media blackout as to, you know, how it's being reported. In the mainstream media. I mean, mm-hmm. if you are someone who reads a bit of Fiji, for instance, or Angle, Ango, um, you get feelers of what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but that uh, you'd have to be really be interested in it. And, but not when you're reading. And probably Daily Trust. People like.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And daily Trust, I mean, yes, yeah, that's that one too. But not when you're reading Concord or Punch or Guardian. Or Nation. You know, Donation, which has more, maybe even more reduction. So, so that there's this lack of of, of media coverage of it, you know, which when you begin to drill down, also, also maybe stems from the fact that this present government also is looking to um, what's the word now, manage the crisis mm-hmm. in terms of narrative. This not good. Yeah, narrating this not blowing up in its its face, but ah, um, you you don't wonder, you know, when when Boko Haram was seizing local governments, and mm. holding particular states down, you know, certain states down, post states, you know, it was you know big news. It mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. part. It was part of the reason some would say that you know, Jonathan lost the election. Absolutely. In in this case isn't so much as as it's not the case, you know, you know, so you know that that's there, mm. you know. Um, but two things that me, you know, when I think about it really worry me is is the age, you know, brackets or the age grouping of this quote unquote warlords who are seizing territories, you know, and how old they were 10 years ago when they started to you know um, cause problems you know especially maybe in zanfara yeah you know but in 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 surround areas you know so you're looking at boys who took up arm against if you like the state you know in their 20s mm-hmm. and who have become billionaires today at 30 Criminal activities, you know, and then you begin to ask what led them into this in the first place, you know, and then uh, you, you start to question also the security architecture that Nigeria has, you know, because I mean, for a long time now, it's clear. I mean, mm. it, well, for me, it's been clear that you know, there's really no real policing in, in rural Nigeria. Yeah, this has not been to to do with um, geopolitics. It's it's
0: Across all regions, in fact, southeast I, to, to the north, you know, yeah. I was going to just, yeah, go ahead to the question of you know, how after the interview we would now explain this phenomena ourselves. Um, one thing I really appreciated about the take was that it had a certain materialist undertone in explaining why this uh, conflict has intensified in recent years. I mean, you know, underlying his explanation was this idea about how at the return to democracy in the fourth republic, a lot of the military era elites, you know, and some of the new elites who did not win in that first set of elections were rewarded with parcels of land, right? Yeah. In the countryside. Yeah. and basically the enclosing of land by this kind of new bourgeoisie so to speak um in the countryside like reduced the amount of arable land available both to farmers and herders you know basically it reduced the commons dramatically so it then intensifies conflict over what's left you Mm. know of course that's not automatic but yeah the fact to the point that Emeka was just raising right before I came in, the fact that there's also limited security in the commons and probably a concentration of security around the property and, you know, the VIPs Mm. or whatever means that people have to take matters into their own hands, the people who need to access the commons for their, you know, grazing or um,
1: Mm.
0: farming livelihoods. So I think that kind of online material Emphasis and the emphasis on the shift in ownership in the countryside over the course of the past 20 years or so was very important for me because, you know, it brings the it it <laughs> brings the question down to its fundamental attributes, so to speak, um, without getting lost in some of the noise. Um, and I guess the second point that relates to that is that it takes a more I think the interview took a more nuanced angle on the question of the origins of the bandits, whether local or international, right? Because if I understood James correctly, his take was like, um, that's kind of a red herring. I mean, a lot of the people who are supposedly international are actually local. Do you know what I mean? Insofar as, like, say the majority of them are Nigerians, and then the ones that say they've fought elsewhere or they traveled elsewhere. They still tie mm. their origin somehow to Nigeria. Mm. Um, and that the question of origin is even vague in the border region, right? Because, yeah, you, like, for people who grow up not too far from borders, like, mm. you have family on either side. Mm. So, you know, okay. it's kind of beyond, beside the point. And that the Nigerian, the, what seems peculiar to Nigeria in terms of, um, how land is allocated and land use and stuff is and the absence of security is also prevalent across mm-hmm. the region. So, I mean, the wider regional factors are Nigeria is contributing to the regional instability that we're saying is yep. affecting yep. Nigeria. In other words, you know, mm-hmm. we're part of the same we're part of the mm-hmm. same wider dynamic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that aspect was was important because, you know, the simple thing of like, oh they went to bring foreigners and like the problem is foreign, you know, it's like a kind of xenophobic dismissal of the, of the crisis, um, I think was, was itself dismissed in the conversation we mm -hmm. had. So, I mean, those are just some, I think of the kinds of headline, um, insights, I think that emerged from the interview for me. And, um, I think were some of the strong points, you know, this kind of materialism of the question, taking the international angle, more seriously and interrogating it rather than taking it for granted um, mm-hmm. and then also bringing you know historicizing the problem within the fourth republic mm-hmm. you know and the transition to democracy I thought was very interesting so yeah, yeah I mean do, do, for you guys do, do you feel like that those kinds of framings or even other issues like gave you a new understanding of of the problem or in, in other words like having 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 conducted or listened to that interview, like how would you now explain the, the situation? You know, the Northwest. I mean, big question, but I guess uh, you know, yeah. What, what kinds of factors would stand out for you?
1: numerous factors, were, you know, like yeah. and again, like that economic base thing that you said—that um, the, the displacing or enclosure of the commons. You know, at yeah. times, with the state itself being, being you know, um, like the backing force behind that or turning the eyes off, you know, and Emika rightly said, there's no real policing of these uh, rural areas, you know. So anything can happen as it wants to happen. But what makes me worried the most is that this this banditry thing or kidnapping thing is fast becoming a model to success in quotes for mm-hmm. the young people in those regions because when education has proven to not solve any problem or there's no uh, coherent plan to give people jobs all these kind of things and then you see that young chap the maker mentioned 10 years ago with rifles and all it's the big mm-hmm. man it's the sir king in your area and all then it, well, that's the example to be followed you know yeah. that's the example to be followed and I worry so much for the you know fate uh, of, of these guys down there like it's, it, and it's the same side of the coin when you talk about all this MCO more thing
0: yeah, down, yeah like yeah, it's yeah. the
1: same thing it's just yeah. that okay those ones haven't started They've not started shooting people directly, maybe they have, but it's not in a, it's not an organized uh, manner. Yeah, or at, at the lower manner. numbers. You know, that kind of thing. So it worries mm. me a lot, like the children, the young people, they're like, mm. what examples do we have for them, you know, and if if banditry and kidnapping is proven to be an economic route for success and taking care of the family. Mm. Then that's what people will follow. That's just the blunt reality mm-hmm. of these things, and that's why the system demoralizes. It demoralizes people. It takes away morals. Like it, it, it turns you to a criminal when you have a state that's failed entirely in all yeah. ramifications. Like so, this one thing that hits me so hard that you know, like, it, and it seems as oh, there's no way out with this kind of stupid leadership, that, you know, rulership that we have. You know, they're not even look at all the. All the um, presidential aspirants that we are having, maybe for a few, for few, none of them really, you know, they're not really tackling these things, you know. They're yeah. just using tribal yeah. sentiments and you know, all, which inside of the same tribe that they purports to seem as if it's one unity or one union mm. of tribe, the northern, this thing. We have, James, uh, with his um, researchers told us that we have even inter ethnic, like within the so called North, monolithic North. Yeah. So, what are we talking about? You know? Yeah. So it worries me yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. but then, you know, maybe <laughs> I should just pass it back to the say something. I think that for me, um,
2: especially within the first frame, you know, of, of, of the narrative that James um pushes on the one that side reiterates, really you know, now it's... Um, the beauty of it for me is is, is how useful it is in, in thinking about you know the problem you know especially when uh, you, you take a bit of history mm-hmm. to it and then situate it right there in the middle of or at the start of the fourth republic. Um, boy, how many years are we talking about now? Twenty something years, right? Uh, um, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. You you then begin mm-hmm. to ask. Um, why within 10 years of within a decade of of the start of the fourth republic um, this um, social malaise starts to wear its own ugly head you know and and why in the rural areas I think that um, I haven't been you know, following, you know, this mm, these mm. numbers or in terms of the economy, like the way I should or the way I would normally do, uh, or maybe that I have been concentrating more within urban spaces, you know, at the But I, I do know that, for instance, that um, mm-hmm. there's been some transfer of wealth or maybe not a transfer, all right, but maybe even the creation of world within the rural areas. And mm-hmm. again, th- this is not restricted to just the north Right, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's in all, you know, in all pockets of Nigerian mm-hmm. rural areas, mm-hmm. we then have to start to ex- do the research to explain how this came about, right? Which is why yeah. I still haven't followed it. But I think that it's fairly obvious that there's some wealth mm-hmm. that's being created in rural Nigeria or that there's been some transfer of wealth from, you know, um, mm-hmm. the urban centers to rural Nigeria. And I'm not talking about remittances, you um, know. So, Mm -hmm. what you find happening in which, yeah, yeah, but what in terms of of farming, you know, big lifestyle, yeah, I mean, and the numbers that have have increased, you know, and it's become a massive business. I mean, anybody who you know anybody mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, yeah, across uh, and then yeah. there's some bit of interconnectedness. You know, in 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 terms of how people trade within rural mm-hmm. Nigeria, that's always been there. You know, but it's now being become more um, mm-hmm. lucrative.
0: All right. Um, yeah. And the truth of the you know, matter- as an aside, sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but hold, hold your thought. Right. This is why. Like the funny thing is, like if you look at the stats for um like non oil contribution to GDP. Mm. Aside from services, the only sector that grows is agriculture. Yeah. 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 So I I think there's evidence to support what you're yeah, like there's I, a lot of evidence from I, various areas to support I, I, what you're suggesting.
2: And like it or not, between Jonathan and the Buhari regime, I mean even whether you regardless of what your bias is others policy focus on on agriculture
0: yes yeah there's been a rural bias yeah so
1: um,
2: so what what you find happening in in rural nigeria you know in the last maybe 20 years is exactly what happened Mm -hmm. in urban nigeria in the 90s you know in terms of Mm -hmm. crime rates in terms of um robbery in 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 nigeria was in in urban nigeria then it was about more about robberies you know i mean Mm -hmm. Wake up one morning and then find out that, that two of your neighbors had been robbed at one point at night. Yeah. You know, that? Yeah. and yeah. that and that yeah.
0: was but, but that was also a, kidnapping actually. You know, oh. in the east, in the south, south. And I'm I'm saying I'm saying well, that, those were in the early 2000s. Wrote, uh, I'm so i saying like 90s, okay.
2: yeah, like 90s, 90s before. I mean, of okay, course, okay, these okay, things, okay, these okay. things, these things as they grow, they begin to evolve and take different sorts of um, evolve differently. You know. Um, so, yeah. I mean, from just robberies, we went into kidnapping, you know, of course. And then mm-hmm. the Niger Delta thing, you know, where you'd even trace kidnapping to in, in the first place, then happened with oil communities in, in rural Yeah, sure. You know, so that's, it's it's like a sequence, you know, it's just that it's more now in, you know, northern, not western Nigeria when, when we speak about, you know, uh, sorry, not east, well, not, not,
0: not, not west, west, yeah. Not,
2: not yeah, west, you're right, yeah. You're, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and then for me, it's also the fact that, like in urban Nigeria in those days, you know, there was, you, you, you don't have, you didn't have the kind of banking system that we have today, where part of the reason why nobody would, I mean, nobody would wake up one morning and think of coming to rob, you know, households that you're not going to find money in the house. I mean, the chances are that you're not going to find cash, right? um in those Mm -hmm. days you'd hear that people come and rob and cut away with a million two million five million uh, depending on how you know yeah you know yeah but in in rural nigeria the banking network as well is not as robust as it is in urban nigeria of today so you find that there are a lot of people who hold cash you know in in, Mm -hmm. in urban nigeria but of course also when you start looking at you know and and a lot of what james talked about when he, he spoke about this were, were markets right where yeah. where you find a yeah. large store of cash but also
0: where you could trade or other movable assets
2: right? yeah yeah where you could trade cattle instantly you know for cash you know so it, it's there's there's mm-hmm. a part of me that thinks that a large part of or some chunk of what's happening has to do with the fact that you know it's increasingly clear that there's been wealth is being produced in rural Nigeria, and that a lot of, the mm. more, a lot of that wealth is still, you know, cash-based, you know, so it's still still a cash economy, essentially, in those places. And that's why, um, mm. you know, it's become easy target for a band of boys who mm. um, the system itself, the state, has changed over time, you know. Yeah. Um, you know- there's a bit of politics that goes you know, into all of this too, but I, I yeah. Let me just leave it here for,
0: for now. You know, you raised this point in the interview, and I think it's a really interesting point about the recent evolution of the rural economy, or even the rural political economy. I think there's a lot of aspects. There's a lot of things that support your the direction of your 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 thinking there, and I agree. There's some some interesting lingering questions there. Um, I mean, there's one part I might put slightly different. Oh, okay. from how you're putting it I mean even if we might probably maybe it's a semantic difference but you know I wouldn't necessarily say what's changing is is the pres- presence of wealth in rural Nigeria you know it's not so much that wealth is increasing there to me as much as wealth is being concentrated so you know where you had a pre- previous generations of if you just focus on pastoralism, right, where you had previous generations of smaller holdings that were more widespread, so more people had smaller holdings, you're now seeing less people have bigger holdings. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? So then Mm. it means that, it's the concentration, so it means that as a proportion of the rural rural pastoralist population, you now have a lot more young men without cattle, you know, who a generation ago you know, you would have had less young men just because it was a younger, smaller population and you would have had smaller herds, you know? So those herds have concentrated and the population has grown. So you also have like just more destitute poor people, you know, more destitute young men within pastoral communities. And the same is true on the land side where, you know, smaller population, larger land or, you know, more sort of distributed land holdings to now where you have increase in larger land holdings, you know, because you have more agricultural investment on the big side, you have more agricultural investment on Mm -hmm. the small side, and you have more real estate investment Mm -hmm. in the rural area, which isn't even agricultural use. It's just people building fences around tracts of land, you know, and waiting for something, who knows what, Um, I guess, waiting for the land value to increase. So, yeah, it seems to me that, like, part of of what's Mm -hmm. driving the criminal dynamic is in fact, not so much that there's new wealth that wasn't there before, but that it's now concentrated. So it forces people to turn against each other and to some and extent grab. to, to turn mm. exactly. And to some extent to turn against the the big holdings. But the thing is the bigger holdings are better protected. Right? Like yeah. you know, because they look out for their own. So it's very rare that like you will hear a case of
1: Someone going mm-hmm. on to Artiku's farm.
0: Uh-huh. Thank you. Or like, you know, like, yeah, or big elite losing lots of cattle. You know, even people talk about Mieti Ela. The people who who belong to Mieti Allah are, are often like large cattle owners. Rarely do those people complain about their large herds being taken. It's more so the case, I mean, you know, or if it happens, it just doesn't come to my knowledge. But it's more so the case that you hear about these communities being sacked you know you hear about people like you know cattle rustling amongst the groups that are less protected naturally right um so yeah I agree that that like political economy question the rural political question of rural political economy is no, but, I mean, probably quite central I mean let's to not for- understanding how this thing has changed
2: but let's not forget that I mean I mean this might be a one-off example and I don't know how much it's you know it's, it's occurred Recent times, but I think the guy, I think mm. it was Badi, you know, who was uh senior you know, high rank in military. Okay, that uh, military man, yeah, they killed him on his farm, you know, so um, mm, that's true, yeah. So, one would think that you know, that's that chap would have had you know, all the protection, you know, that that that, that he needed, or so, I mean, he, he could. But we live of... in Nigeria. Yeah, who mm. knows if it was an
0: assassination? Who knows what it was what it is? For yeah. one, for one. Yeah. And then secondly, I mean, there are times when these guys have expressed clear antagonism towards some of the rural elite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, yeah. that I agree yeah. with. I mean, you know, and even there have been MES that have been uh, MES kidnapped, been kidnapped yeah. as well. Mm. You know, so so. But unfortunately, mm. the, the vast majority of their victims seem to be the poor and not these oh, kinds, oh, oh, these
2: kinds oh, oh, of guys. Oh, I mean, naturally, of course, yes. You know, especially when, when they're laying claims to 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 whole local governments and, and uh, you mm. know, and trying to, yeah, because what usually happens, and that's why I like the comparison that, you know, um, OEG makes with an MCO law, you know, I mean, and that's the political side mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I tended not to want to, you know, get into, Um but that's mm. that's the way these things operate you know you have a large base of people under your control and then not so much as yeah. that you can sway them to vote, but actually force them to vote you know
0: those people or yeah. governments who you have collected you know or strong, pre- yeah yeah or, or prevent them from voting or prevent them
2: yeah. prevent them from voting yeah yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, maybe even more prevent them from voting, depending on what the grievance mm. is, grievance is. You know, I mean, mm. it was you who shared this link recently, where for three local governments in Zafara nine communities, nine villages affected. You know, yeah, where they've been on lockdown, some some sort of what's it called now, um, curfew. You know where yeah. movement is at least essentially movement is restricted. Markets are being closed down. You know, which also makes me wonder. You know, is it that the government is at a loss as to how to mm. you know go about? I don't think they, they have any idea how to go about uh, because it's, it's 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 of course a security problem. it's more than a security problem. So that you know the yeah. so, the solutions to this this. These problems aren't, yeah, the short term, uh, get your helicopters, try and,
1: you know. Aerial bombardment.
2: Yeah, aerial bombardment. Yeah. But it's also about education, it's also about food on the table, it's also about livelihoods, you know. It's it's also about, yeah, yeah it, because these things, like we say, didn't start today. You know, it became prominent about a decade ago, but it started like a decade before that decade. So it's um mm-hmm. uh, it's not a prob- problem that you take guns and boots to you know really it's it's a problem that needs no. you know serious real clear-headed thinking and, and thinking that thinks you know that looks forward see the next five years ten years of course there's a need to overhaul the security architecture no doubt make policing widespread so that it gets into the rural rural areas you know, because this guy's also the tree that they have is that because of how distant the next battalion is from them, they take this location and they wipe it out, and they they know that the response time, you know, if they even if if there's the capability to respond by the Nigerian military or police, is what 45 minutes, one hour, and then they go in there and then set their time for 20, yeah. 25 minutes, and then they're done and they're out. By the time these yeah. guys arrive, then the next you know village or in the next
0: local government. That's it. Yeah, I I think I mean you're you're moving on now to the, the, the second major thing I thought would be interesting to discuss in light of that interview in terms of what the government is doing and like the narrative around that, um, you know, and I think we've all acknowledged the part of this crisis that has to do with policing, you know, in terms of absence, but there's there's an extent to which the present. policing that does exist, mm. yeah, the policing that is present also seems to have contributed to making the situation worse. You know, because for one, James was talking about um, circumstances where people have lost cattle to the police. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and there's even the, the famous you interview that talks one about the main, one of the how his father bio. actually had something like four hundred cows, which were seized by the state and. The father died after, you know, died in the process of trying to fight in court to retrieve his possessions, right? And then the son was like, well, I mean, um, I'm not going to respect that state anymore, you know, or respect the community that, um, that, that, you know, that state is supposed to ostensibly protect. So, you know, and then obviously just like petty day-to-day corruption feeds into this, not only in this northwest, but across Nigeria, you know, where when there are these farmer herder um, confrontations, police can demand that the herdman sell sell cows and pay stuff off, you know, at exorbitant rates, and then you know that results in them perhaps ruling in favor of the person who can pay immediately, versus the farmer who might not be able to pay till the season is over. So. I mean, yeah, I guess the larger question there for me is like, what do you think of like, given the nature of policing in Nigeria, how can, what part does policing have to play in any sort of government's you know led solution from your standpoint, right? Is this simply a matter of extending the reach of the police into the countryside? you know, or is there something different in terms of the nature of policing that has to occur? And then I wonder how you would reflect on the wider government response in general, you know, beyond policing. Like, you know, what else do you think is happening, or you know, and how effective or not, you know, are, are the kinds of government responses that you've been aware of, either through the interview or more generally. and now it
2: is it, yeah. a uh, no unclear. <laughs> <I didn't>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 I mean, you know the rank and fire police rank and fire police will always cost the Nigerian states. And I don't know why it's difficult for them to see this. Yeah. The average policeman that gets posted to a village or a local government that is essentially mm. bordered by villages in Zamfara. Mm-hmm. To ask himself what he has done wrong, you know. But be- because there's a command structure, yep. you know, establishment, he has to go there, yeah, you know, and then he has to put food on the table for his family, you know. And uh, I mean, there's no need saying that, there's no gain saying that.
0: The salary is not how you do that, you take yeah. home,
2: no they rich home,
1: the take home doesn't
2: you know? <laughs> take you home, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you know, that, yeah, you know, you know, it's not going anywhere, you know, so it, 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 Police would go and wade mm-hmm. into what is a civil matter where it nothing consigned them, do you understand, and call it a criminal yeah. because they won't collect something. You know. And don't forget that the way the thing works is that they, mm-hmm. they go, need to return something to GPO. You know. And so it's it's a whole chain of yeah. madness, you know, that then sets, you know, this big snowball of violence. And then when, when we start to talk about tickets they from you know, people then start, yeah, and, and I have I have made that mistake now, not just just looking at it from one side, from a policing part of, okay, mm. it's not, it, these places are not secure, but where actually the police is actually in, like you, you just reminded me, it's mm. right, it's part of the cost, you know, it's not the only cost, but it's part of, maybe mm. even a major part of the state, you know, so um, when... When you go and extort people, there's only so long that, there's only yeah. so much that you can, go, yeah, that you can go get away with, you know, in in in, in those times. And all the guy needs to do is mm-hmm. say that he was weak. Yeah, if I was the one, I would have just armed myself. And from a child, from maybe in yeah. teenage years, now it's only don't they think, you know, how to arm their, themselves and then. Mm-hmm. Give it back to those people, you know. And without any education, mm-hmm. they can't actually separate again between the state and then people like them, cool. who now are the receiving yeah. end of what they received, you know, you know what they got f- from the state. So it's it it, it just complicates the whole thing, and w- which is why it, 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 to unpack this would take you know mm-hmm. really really detailed thinking on the part of the state and to address you know this in terms of solution would require that you know people actually so all this censorship that's ongoing now is just a bloody waste of 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 time yeah i mean so um for me police if 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 we're not going to sit down and talk about not just the security architecture Mm. but in terms of paying living wages you know but of course then you, we would not begin to talk about where are we going to get money from you know the conversation then begins to you know peter house into <laughs> nigeria is broke to cause inflation you, but, yeah usually you, you, you know but but millions of barrels of yes. oil if if we want to focus oil and say we want to be mm. lazy about thinking they yeah. miss they miss does mm, badge like <laughs> versus oil vessel, they miss yeah. for nigeria
0: that's Yeah. Before we even <laughs> enter the matter of currency, I uh, wanted these guys to do with currency. Um, yeah. Why currency?
2: No, go high? Why oil goes to the miss? With that, that
0: <laughs> what do you What do you think, yeah. God, you, about the state response question as well?
1: Ah, man, my own is that you can't always have that uh, kinetic mm. response to everything. It's a It's a web of problems that needs to be solved you know like yeah if you check check the base out you could have coped that thing from the onset like yeah. if we had, we had solved issues around education issues around um uh, decent employment issues around properly organizing livestock agriculture grazing mm. issues around um environmental preservation and conservation issues around you know properly um uh, maintaining culture all these kind of things yeah. we wouldn't have gotten to this place but it's, it's unfortunate that even what we call culture even what we call yeah, grace all these kind of things it, there's no coherent way mm. you know, of doing this thing anymore like there's no set out way you want to encourage here. Yeah, you are um, Clashing with farmers, mm-hmm. you know, and because we've not done the environmental thing that we're supposed to do, there's climate change happening here. There's no more grazing reserve for you guys there. We're fighting here. Well, because my kids haven't gone to school, you know, and he doesn't see any pathway in going to school and all, then he resorts into taking up arms, yeah. you know, falling into the trap of antisocial behavior, And also, it's really not about bombs and guns. You, you can you mm-hmm. carry a bomb and gun to somewhere, they can just move to another place now, they'll come down south. Yeah. You know yeah yeah and yeah, continue yeah. whatever it is that they are doing and where they don't fit mix and match properly with what we're doing in this in the south or what people are doing in the south you start having xenophobic or whatever yeah. uh, anti-tribal sentiments going on the Fulani people are coming yeah they're the ones riding your kada you know that kind of thing, they can they are your gate men, they can kill you when it's time to do full army uprising, they can do like these are the things that you care. <laughs> yeah. But how about making sure that, you know, people wherever they are in their economic activities can prosper mm. and take care of their children, can take it like if you do that you see this so called crime this thing reduced by like ninety percent. Yeah. You know, than just guns and guns. It's the same thing that Lagos does. You know lagos will say that oh people are hawking then you should just give more arms to the police more guns to them and all that you know so that you shouldn't buy from hawkers but what mm. got them into that hawking position in the process? like are there jobs a lot of people when you go around lagos a lot of, you see people just loafing around under the bridge people in communities people in streets all those eggnoms just sit down for there those ones have the probability or propensity to go into crime or do something that's anti yeah, yeah. Yeah, social. Yeah, I would say year, yeah. you
0: know Nigeria owes a lot to a draft to the draft board. Because mm. without draft, mm. without Baba Ejabu, man.
1: As in you know, that kind of thing, gambling, yeah. betting, no, those kind of things, saying, it's now like the these,
0: these distractions are really keeping some of the yeah, real food soldiers yeah, and, of the banditry and uh, kidnapping occupied <laughs> there's an
1: active there's an active um, there's an active drive towards you know getting these people there you know like come and gamble come and do. but it's not the path no of way. course not you know, to, you know, so it's not the pathway to a decent living or a decent life. So these are things I must check out. It's yeah. not so much about guns, bombs, and all that, you know. Yeah. Let everybody wake up and make something productive of
0: themselves. That's what we're asking for. You know, to the guns and bombs point, though, I mean, I think this is something that it would have been good to get further into. And, you know, we didn't have the time, the interview ran long anyway. But
1: yeah.
0: is that one of the more recent features of the Nigerian scam has been this increased interest in? Arms, procure- arms procurement, yeah. right? And yeah. of course, when this administration came into office, they started trying the folks, some folks from the previous administration for being part of a major arms, arms fraud scams, right? And yeah. it seems to me like that problem has just perpetuated. I mean, you know, even some of the people, some of the headline people that they were trying, we do know what's in can happen with those cases. Like, you know? And yeah. at the same time, you know, the... Like, as a proportion of annual budget, you know the the amounts we're committing to procuring arms continue to expand. I think there was already recently. I think I talked about this on the conversation. A billion dollar arms deal with, you know, the U.S. to bring in these helicopters. Right. Um, Of course, you know, people made a killing. From, from, from <laughs> you know, so to speak, from those kinds of transactions. So, it it strikes me that that's there's there's another angle where political economy comes into play. That like, you know,
1: to, when other oh, one, yeah,
0: know, yeah. extent will these elites be interested in solving uh, a problem that's keeping people f- they, paid?
1: They won't solve anything.
2: Oh, you know, wh- when, I say, when I say Nigeria is a diak, you um, <laughs> so say, no, 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 I don't want.
1: Nigeria, the
2: mm. military arrangement, mm. I mean, Fala got a lot of mm. things wrong, you know, you know, but Pakistan. he did get quite a few things right. He, he, mm. he, he, they don't agree Buy arms. We, so, within we no, the we we budget we for military, within we the we budget for education. Waiting waiting wait with with budget for security, for right, for so I mean even the one want... you you, you every, see, security where 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 they're not the fee pay salary but they, they buy weapon up and down but, but but listen I just say I
1: mean Yeah. They that, they got super so no, super no, tocano jobs. Super tucano yeah. <laughs> there's no there is no there's no place these guys yeah. will touch yeah. when it comes to that primitive accumulation of wealth. Look at the pipelines. Mm. Even if they want Tfap, see how rubbishly welded and all that. But as long as the money they flow, nothing concerned them. Primitive accumulation—they go damage or land damage anyway. As long as the what they are taking, the wealth, you know, is going to them, and then the externalities of that thing is, you know, like sequestered away from them. They don't care. They will do arms deals. Yeah. They will damage the environment. They will kill the young people. They will not open school they will not do health care as long yeah. as the money is. It should be not their own budget and their salary now think they increase you now it always keeps ballooning yeah or the senate and all they don't care that their primitive accumulation are like cancer
2: you you go check with yeah. <laughs> retired <laughs> generals we pack off the office uh, for for just as in retired though yeah yeah we mm-hmm. then they still they get as retired. We keep talking about politics. Go check what's in them. They get now. Them be politician. If, if you be governor and you be uh, retired, uh, vice marshal,
0: yeah, yeah, for instance. Yeah, you, no well, difference. I mean, I mean, I and, no And, and this real is part difference. of why I, I you know, debate. This is part of why I'm not always fully satisfied with that framing because it's like presumes that the military and the bourgeoisie are. Se- entities, are separate right? entities that strike a deal, <laughs> but in fact, it's like the military <laughs> you, itself has
1: way. been so no, 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 right? no, no no, 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 no. no, the,
0: so the same difficult to really spell out. Like, it's just like somebody wearing a uniform, but under the uniform, in they wear agbada and ingo commot the uniform. You know, from one meeting you wear Man, the uniform. You necessary. <laughs> you know, so
2: nah. Now, 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 I'm of the now, I'm of the states where did they use control the states. You understand? That now, uh, why Peter will be now, why Peter will go go see your boss on Thursday. Go go see, go, go go see, go, go go see Baba Angida. go go see Baba Angida. Those symbolisms they mean they are not just symbolism. You get within. As much as these guys are, yeah, because no mean they still get boys. Yeah, they must always have boys in the military where they control.
0: That one is about saying, look, show, we need the, you know, what Americans will call the deep state, you know, we need the the endorsement of the armed wings of the bureaucracy, right? And the entire bureaucracy where these guys still manage a lot of support. But the other reason for those visits is like, you know, we need the upper, upper echelons of the bourgeoisie because these people are also huge businessmen, right? Like that benefited... Tremendously from the privatization process mm. that they oversaw. So, I mean,
2: that, and them still, uh, well, and them still award co- award contract so to the people where they buy the weapon. Don't no, forget, no, be, not be yes. just military. Now, it well, yeah, then gets course. civilians with the award. We you know them. Then they this town. You understand? So now That's those right. contract and then uh, they get kickbacks. You understand? And it's it's another thing that say they go there to say okay, you know what? We're going, we're, I'm running yeah, for president, yeah, but I'm not yeah, looking to yeah, change, yeah, you know, this part where that right. from, yeah, yeah, it goes yeah. still yeah, intact. Right, that. right. You're yeah, not and So, it's, so
0: it's, I mean, this is part of why, yeah. this is part of why I'm like, okay, I was, yes. I was, you know, now maybe getting into, which we've already been raising, like, outstanding questions or areas where the interview, you know, we would push further and, and uh, in, in various directions is like, you know, I was, I was, of course, even in the interview pushing against some of the framing around warlordism, mm-hmm. insofar as those fr- those framings sometimes suggest like state failure or state collapse or whatever. And it's like, actually, no. I mean, the state is becoming much more entrenched when it comes to issues of procurement. You know, when some of these like longstanding hegemons are deepening their wealth, expanding their own. Um, fiefdoms you know within the bureaucracy and the market so it's almost like the real warlords are the ones who are in the town you know not the ones in the you know, not the ones in the countryside and like you know the state itself is has long been engaging in a, in a certain kind of warlordism right empowering these kinds of former military or you know retired generals or whatever so me it seems like evidence of a kind of state consolidation it just so happens to be that is a kind of consolidation that has no benefit for the people on the ground in fact it's sort of you know it's it's benefiting from their loss you know from their from their own com- continued impoverishment so i think this you know, if, yeah, no, but if, guys,
1: yeah you're right yeah
2: you're you're right and and you know people miss it because we're many years say two decades gone into the fourth republic people tend to miss how those governors who you call the class of '99, how they handle mm. states. You know. Two examples: BAT, Tinubu and Chimaroke Namani. Mm. You know, uh, the, I'll speak to Chimaroke. Different models, same approach. Tinubu decided to go with N-U- NURTW, mm-hmm. which is in bed with till tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is why you find that Uduammo till tomorrow is a force to reckon Mm -hmm. you know in the east in Enugu to be
1: precise and I'll speak about that because that's the one that I know
2: Chimaru Kendamani, you know empowered non-cultists you know because what he wanted to wrestle power from his godfather the person who put him there that's Jim Obodo Mm -hmm. and then he wanted to build you know, the, the, which is why till tomorrow he still, you know, you can see that he still salutes Tinubu, who managed to pull off what he couldn't pull off, you mm-hmm. know, but he missed by maybe not too much. Mm-hmm. But he had accumulated all that wealth, you know, maybe he didn't have Tinobu's genius for numbers and how to file things in dummy places, you know, without tracing it back to him. So he was busy saying, I own, he didn't know that Nigeria would change, you know, today or tomorrow. So, but it was still the same whole. Which people, which said, what crop of people got into power in 99? And what are they doing to hold mm-hmm. on to power presently? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, where are they and how how far have they come up the ladder? Because these guys started as, some of them started as liaison officers. You know, some of them are today House of Rep members. Yeah, or senators. You know? yeah. And they are there, and Senate, yeah, and they are there entrenched in the system. Mm. And some of them are governors. You know, and that's why when you say like, they think about look at weekend. Just listen to weekend talk. He's a warlord mentality. That's yeah. how he thinks. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: You yeah. you know, he thinks of river state has as his own. Yeah. Yeah. Naingo decide what thing they have for river state.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, it, yeah. It, 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 it as far as it's concerned is, you know, voters are uh uh his boys. When mm-hmm. Naingo tell how they go, you know, this is, and that's that's the model that we have been building. You know, so what we' what we're seeing with you know, bandits, with kidnappers, with you know, now people we don't see the system
0: mm-hmm. and then they, they they look for their own within the yeah, system. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know even Yahoo boys to yeah. some extent I would argue. You know, our patron says, <laughs> <laughs>
2: We'd go underground at the be, at, at the beginning of this this um, political admin administration. Now mm-hmm. they carry contract. Give now, make it go protect.
1: And they discover. This.
2: Isn't this isn't this country a joke? I mean, at what point do we realize that? I mean, this scam is. I mean, it's 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 not it's not yeah, longer yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, it's not funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, this question of contracts brings me to. The second to last question. Um, In terms of some of the questions that were raised in the interview, that maybe we didn't have very much time to go into, and it's the question of amnesty or other non kinetic policies that have been attempted. And some, you know, like I've just said, include amnesty. Um, And of course, that standard, as you just alluded to, Mecca, that standard in various conflict hotspots in nigeria that what the system resorts to doing is paying those people to stop shooting right or you know trying to come to some kind of arrangement so i mean two, admitting that
2: yeah. admitting that we have wronged you somewhere in the past so we understand yeah right we start afresh
0: right 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 i mean you okay in theory that would be the philosophy undergirding it but- <laughs> But in practice, it <laughs> seems to be just be beautiful. like, yeah, stop shooting. So we, we know that we uh, are so short to get into power. So now, yeah. you know, that you have been shooting enough to get a seat on this table, how do we resolve uh, the question? Okay. And like, it seems to me like, you know, and here's maybe where my question arises, that like the public, um, accept, public acceptance of amnesty outside of the Northwest itself, um, is very low i mean within the northwest i think a lot of amnesties have been attempted at the state level some are still ongoing and because people are so viscerally aware of how deadly the situation is i mean the amnesties are not as forcefully resisted within the region but nationally you know and if the federal government for instance were to talk about amnesty there would be a dramatic response nationally like and there has been, you know, when, when these conversations around amnesty arise, what, what, do you, what do you make of that phenomenon? that, Like, you know, in a way, the national conversation still doesn't seem to have moved on from, you know, the smoke them out, wipe them out kind of discussion, you know? And, um, yeah, what do you make of even the attempts, at, you know, at the more local level, state levels, for instance, to, to strike up these kinds of bargains or
1: agreements? when you understand the character of these guys that they are only there to make money mm. and to solve social or socioeconomic issues is really for the masses is really not their problem because when you solve those issues things we talk about education healthcare, you know like being able to positively make things for yourself in society mm. that's not profitable to them but smoke them out wipe them out Give them contracts, <laughs> give them money. Yeah, that one. It gives them access to unlimited cash of, you know, like money, carte blanche, really. To just be taking money out. Okay, buy the canoe Jet today, make your killing of it. Buy missiles tomorrow, make your killing of it. Give Contompolo contract, make your money of it. Give Gani Adams. Hmm. Yeah, anybody can do anything. So that's the thing. Like When you look at the character of the leadership, they are really not... You know interested in solving those core fundamental problems, right? You know, and again, it's antagonistic. They have, the relationship between us and them is antagonistic. So, in doing policies, it will be antagonistic in solving problems. It will not be the problem that we'll, we'll, they will solve once and for all. Mm. It's just you know, the amount of times these bombs or these Yatukano jets have killed innocent people. I mean, it's the majority of people like, they kill are innocent. So what are we talking about? But that one now, if you look at it, that you cannot just person don't make millions of dollars on top of it. yeah, and you still kill masses on top. The so-called solution where you won't give them. So these guys they all they are just antagonistic to our development. <laughs> Even in the solution where they say they won't solve, yeah. they don't get money to they won't now because profit won't come out inside them. Now why they say they won't solve them, and you're not setting out with the mindset of. Like solving it fundamentally, so Mm -hmm. it's just be that's why it will keep on revolving around, smoke them out, write them out, smoke them out. You know, go be school, you know, go be healthcare, you know, go be road, you know, go be connecting because you go pay salary,
2: not
1: salary, go chop the money, yeah. So,
2: yeah, for me, I mean, I think that Amnesty, the whole program, whether at state level, whether at national level, I think it's a I mean, it's. (laughs) It's worse than window dressing, mm. you know. I, I think it, it's a disaster. Mm. That one will come back onto on us. Because I, I won't mention any name, but I know a billionaire who operates in the aviation industry today, who made his money
0: from Africa. Not sure, so, now. Not so, not so. Yeah. You know, you know, who made? I mean, a big time
2: billionaire, yeah. billionaire, boss among billionaires. You know, I know a billionaire from the southeastern part of Nigeria. We don't owe today. We basically making money from military contracts.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you get the
2: one with Go Big Brother, you where know, they shout saying "Papa get money the other day." still the same thing. Military mm-hmm. contracts. So, he, 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 like always, he said, mm. these guys have a play. They have a playbook. Yeah, 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 right. And it is why you see that every governor wants to install the person who is going to come after. After, that yeah. Yeah, they, so they, it's 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 for survival, yeah. right? It's 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 a system that they they entrenched. So if you suggest the new way of doing things, they look at you and say, yeah. "What is yeah, What yeah. was what, he say? What you don't know? You don't know how it works. You understand? Yeah. Or it's not your turn. You know, it's not time. Nigeria is not ripe for it. What do you mean by that? Like, Nigeria is not ripe for it." Mm, mm-hmm. When will Nigeria ever be ripe for it? Mm. For when? When is the right time for change, like for sea change? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's 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 pretty much the same thing. You understand? Yeah. But yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Get, gets any traction these days is that people get the feeling that he, he, he as part of the system, has decided to attack it. Mm-hmm. You understand? But there's only so much that he, 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 it's not going to be. It's not even going to be knee deep. Mm. You understand. He mm-hmm. just knows what to say to to the to whatever crowd to get it buzzing. Mm. You know, um, it's it's something that you know the former Emmy of Kano was was good at. Mm. You know? But this are. These are all beneficiaries of a rotting system. But mm.
1: well, like Tinubu Gokaduna the other day, he made the rotting system bad one. No, that's it. Bad. it bad. No, no, but it's... <laughs> no, 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 that's what... The, that's what no, they're rotting. Rotting was. If you go from worse, <laughs> <laughs> worse to too bad, bad. bad that improvement... <laughs> isn't that progress? It's progress. No, but you know he that... The
0: rotting <laughs> to bad. You know, that's one thing you have to appreciate about <laughs> bad, about Tinubu, is that that guy keeps it real. You know what I mean? I know... <laughs> One to you want talk Freudian sleep or whatever? He's still talking. You know but the Freudian said? sleep where they show you in mind. Exactly. Mindset. Exactly. Yeah. You know. That's crazy, man. So yeah, that's a good. to <laughs> into. That's a good summary of <laughs> yeah. even the amnesty situation itself. Is that it's just a way of making a rotting system bad, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, because ultimately it's like either you're empowering these elites through house procurement or you're empowering them through the management of these amnesty contracts and the creation of a new set of elite, some small ha- a handful that, that are the ones I think is, locally administering yeah, am- amnesty. Because some people will still tell you that, you know, if you talk to the rank and file of these bandit movements, not the leaders, but the rank and file, just the same as if you go and talk to rank and file in militant groups, they'll tell you that, see, as that amnesty they come, we you know, they see shishi. You know? Ah,
1: because- Why, why did they splinter up now? Exactly
0: that the guys the, i mean how nice nice the day. they carry people go london no i don't know people they go people, people they go london for three months for so yeah so yeah i mean i i test code it just seems that if it's emerging from within the institutional architecture that we currently have is likely to replicate the same features in terms of only being able to at best Expand the ranks of, you know, the, the the ruling class, minimally. Minimally, or to redistribute wealth within the uh, the ruling class from, you know, areas that are currently in power to areas that are crying out, you know, for quote unquote, their own slice, you know, of the, of, of the national cake. But ultimately, obviously, these things are not trickling down, um, not even to the rank and file of Militia, bandit groups, etc., not to talk of to the wider population, you know, that's just trying to, um, you know, eke out the existence. And this leads me to, okay, I said that was second to last, but one more question, you know, or issue that we didn't really delve into very far, and is the issue of ranching, you know, because that has been also floated in some circles as one way out of, you know, the problem of rural insecurity more generally and banditry in the northwest more specifically um i mean yeah what what are, but but in light of the political economy that we spelled out in terms of um you know the increased kind of grabbing of lands in the countryside you know in terms of yeah you know the the sort of entrenched nature of procurement scams in the like security sector, how much, what are the prospects from your standpoint of this ranching solution, you know? And I, and I, I think it's a complicated question, right? So I'm, I'm, that's why I didn't just dismiss it entirely. And I wanted to raise it and see how you guys would respond, you know, but obviously there's like a lot of interesting structural factors that will shape the trajectory of any kind of response, such as bandit or such as ranching. So, yeah, I wondered, I wondered what you guys make of this, you know, the, one of the federal government's uh, uh, approaches, which has you know, what they're calling the Livestock Transformation Program in terms of, you know, some attempts to try to convert um, ruga, pastoralism. Yeah, exactly. It was what was called Ruga initially until I think there was some backlash around the naming and then it was just more or less repackaged.
1: You know, it's
2: it's like you said, it's a complex thing. I mean, it's it's not something that you can write off entirely or mm. you can just leave, uh, uh, <laughs> maybe me a year ago would say, uh, yes, uh, this 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 made, this needs to be modernised and that, that that's the way. To go. Uh, mm. But then now, the first thing I'd ask is when when you know this was proposed, especially within this administration. What was, what was the blueback what was mm. the blueback? What we did with the National Executive Council, what were governors, you know, mm-hmm. southeastern extraction, south-southern extraction, southwestern extraction, saying about corruption and how did that tear up quality in terms of emphasizing the whole? I mean, that, that's when
1: framing around it would drive around. Uh,
2: not just Ruga, Fulani heads, man. Yeah.
1: And uh, the response with um, Amoteco. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh,
2: and how, how, how we did uh, delving into ethnic policing um, mm. uh, and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know? So we've got, I mean, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's, much as you raise this now, dude.
0: we can only just scratch the surface. Yeah. I
2: think that's what I'm trying to do, you know, by saying that, you know, when you look at the political economy behind the, the problem itself, um, Ranching is just one solution, mm. right? Um, by itself, I don't see how effective. Mm. It can be. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: as part of a cohort of other, you know, solutions, then you know we might be getting mm. uh, somewhere. But it's, mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a silver bullet. Uh, right, cost-intensive. Uh, yeah, you have to get. State governments on board. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, state governors are going to come on board easily because they like to size issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are many stumbling blocks that I see, and you know, I don't see that it's something that is coming off anytime soon. Yeah, um, can can trust can a president that is trustworthy solve this? Um, especially one from southern extraction mm-hmm. uh,
0: maybe good, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't keep my fingers crossed mm-hmm. the, the ranch uh, so, I mean I think there are things that need to ought to be done before we even begin to yeah ranch yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah now inside bandit camp you want ranch be... <laughs> 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 i be <don't know. laughs> yeah Mm, yeah, OEG think, from from the, from the food security and other kinds of vantage points. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, what do you make so, what do you make of this question?
1: If, once again, who is presiding over this ranking thing? Because if we mm-hmm. once again take the land and make a bunch of big men, mm-hmm. you know, in charge of it, mm-hmm. and you are still exploiting people, and the people that you've packed, which is the masses of people or the masses of houses or farming people under, don't mm-hmm. see any prospects. It's just a matter of time before they start. Sabotaging the the whole thing, you know. So mm-hmm. are we going to make sure that it is equitable? Are you going to make sure that you know you you remunerate or pay people properly? Are you going to make sure that the the value chain is being effectively utilised and mm-hmm. then the surplus that is generated is reinjected back for the benefit of this way? Because. If you work and it's not, you know, translating into any form of development or progress for your life, now, like slavery, be that man. Mm-hmm. Because why majority of the sub they they don't carry and carry on come for the hand. Because if you look at another angle of this um, taking away of the commons from the people, mm-hmm. is that you have big men that have this cattle that have this land yeah, and then yeah. a bunch of foot soldiers. It's this. It's, it means we are going to modernize the exploitation. Uh huh. So we can't afford to do that. It's not. It's not just going to be about renting alone. It has mm. to involve, you know, carrying the people along in all the processes, in the labor and in the profit or the gains that come from it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and of course, you know, if it's the hides and skin, we should create some industries around it. Not just, you know, primordial ways of doing things like just you know, feed them and then. cut mm. you know, you do the leather, do the blood meal, do the bones, do like. So that it's a big industry, people can make money from it. You know, it's something that you can call your, you know, well-paid job, and then yeah. you're comfortable putting your kids to school. And, and that's what, that's what we want. Yeah. So not just about ranching and just exploiting people in a, in, in where there's fence. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So so that's <laughs> that's my concern about it as well. I mean, I think you've really both already said it, but I'll just like echo it in my own words, which is that, for one, I mean a lot of the conversation around ranching basically amounts to an attempt to to gentrify pastoralism. So it's like, why don't we like give bigger businesses an opportunity to invest in farms? And then, you know, I think the model is that when the common pastoralist sees the success of, of the pig farmer in staying in one place mm-hmm. and in using these improved cattle breeds, And in using you know this kind of like Mm -hmm. state provided feed or whatever then this then there will be some kind of trickle down culture where the pastoralists outside of the fence of the ranch will say ah come i want to emulate this kind of landed approach to doing uh cattle Mm -hmm. rearing but it's like that seems to me as fundamentally flawed on so many counts because The person it hasn't even worked for farming. It hasn't (laughs) in the first place. It doesn't work in in the farming (laughs) sector. Unless that you have this kind of trickle-down transfer of knowledge. Which of course presumes that the bourgeoisie even has knowledge to begin with. Because why is it that their own programs always fail? Like their own large-scale farms, very few of them are actually you know profitable, aside from the ones, you know, that despite all the state subsidies and subventions and stuff that the larger farms get. You know? they're still failing so it's like the underlying the underlying philosophy that you know the Mm -hmm. that the idea the knowledge will somehow trickle down and that the knowledge within the ranch is superior to the knowledge outside of the ranch you know it's like ridiculous to me because for one the person in the land on the ranch has been given land tenure but these people outside don't have land tenure so how, how how is that the systems of doing business within the ranch where there's land tenure going to translate outside where people don't have access, you know, or, or their access is, is is not based on a stable stable tenure system. So these are, I mean, some of the questions you guys are raising around, around ranching is part of what also makes me feel like, come, this seems like just a classic let us be the ones who do it kind of solution where you've already decided before the fact that whatever you do as a kind of, you know, middle-class, upper-middle-class farmer large-scale farmer is the correct thing and whatever those poor people do is the wrong thing, which is part of why yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing has not been accepted in any of those communities, right? You've not seen people stop what they're doing and move into ranching, which was supposedly the philosophy, you know, in in, in the states where this has actually been accepted. Leaving aside, obviously, the states where for, for various sometimes good, sometimes bad reasons, it's also been rejected. <clears throat>
2: I, I I mean I think that having said that I mean let me just say this and then maybe hand it to you we'll see if, if mm. uh, we we'll wind down from from there. But I I think it would be unfair for me not to mention that I mean I have also had powerful arguments to the effect that uh, especially I, I I say this because you, you 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 raise objections that farming farmers get yeah you know, and, and they have it for. Maybe even as long as Nigeria has become developed mm-hmm. Um and then people who make this argument—the argument that they make—goes um, that part for, for pastoralists. That hasn't been much the case. It's almost never been the case, right? You know, right? Um, and, and as such, that um, on, on, off the back of this, on this note, it's perhaps only fair, you know. Terms of justice that that arm of agriculture or food security begins to get, even just policies, yeah, that are geared. That you know, but of course, like we've highlighted, you know, so far, it's also a function of what models you know, Mm -hmm. these branches will will take. How is it going to be modeled? There's also the we also run the risk of complicating already an already complex matter if we leave this to capitalists. Exactly. Which
0: is a, which, is, which essentially is how the government responds. Exactly. to This day. Exactly. Yes. Exactly.
2: Uh, when, yeah. When uh, then you then begin to start to think about the land use act mm-hmm. and, uh, and that major component within the constitution that has always been, uh, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah that but yeah but i just thought it was really that no it's a
0: great it's a great definitely. point it's a great point and yeah. then it you know it, it, it actually goes towards you know the, the the direction i was going to go in terms of the next question you know in t- when you talk about the need for solutions in the pastoral sector and the neglect through long-term yeah. neglect of the pastoral sector i think it's an important point but then yeah. of course yeah. the, the kind of solution is as important you know it's not just about something it's about the right thing right and like you know, you know you, you're suggesting that, look, this solution that depends on cr- trying to create more competition in the market, I- I'm not convinced that that's the approach because it's like, just by empowering these bourgeois farmers, so to speak, or pastoralists, and empowering people who can afford the land, you know, and afford stable and all the inputs, that doesn't strike me as though it will resolve the question of the underlying lack of resources in an already very competitive atmosphere. So intensifying competition and then choosing your own winners, I just don't see that as a way out in a context where competition is already extensive for these lands, for water resources, etc. So, I mean, I I do agree that something clearly, you know, there's like, a huge gap in addressing like the needs of pastoral communities, and we talked about some of the needs, which is like to secure their cattle, which you know has for the past two and a half decades been under constant threat of being rustled, both by state and non-state actors. So that security need is there, and there are all sorts of other important needs. You know, of course, things can be done to improve um, the breeds, to improve the grazing, and all this stuff. Right, but that the immediate knee jerk response has to be, oh, let's gentrify the profession, just seems to only reflect like a rabid, the, yeah. the the accumulation. The, yeah, exactly. You know, they're the already sort of rotten um, ways in which these, these people think yeah. about how to do. Govern how to do governance, right?
1: That's that's all they know, you know, and that's the aperture through which they function. So it's, it should be expected anyway. Look at the Abajana and but you um, know the f- um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so
0: <sighs> absolutely. Well, yeah, and an event that probably requires its own yeah, organization. Uh, you know. Uh, but I mean, to your point, America about the history of state responses to um, the rural sector and the emphasis on. Agriculture. Interestingly, right, I think in the Southwest, you know, and I, I, I've come across this just looking at like party manifestos, you know, um, from the action group period of time, um, you know, as part of some wider research I've been doing, you will see some mention of pastoralism within those manifestos. So for instance, Iwola made this um, policy pronouncement at one point in the 60s saying that the AG government should invest in cooperative pastoralism in the southwest so that it doesn't have to continue, the southwestern states don't have to continue paying for the cost of transporting cattle from the north to the southwest, right? And that was like a policy that both, you know, for all its problems, you know, the AG's problems and such, you could see that there was a little more critical thinking around the cost around you know, questions of like how you implement policy that takes into account the existing situation, you know, of, of pastoral communities, rather than transporting something from the, totally from the outside and setting up, you know, creating something, a ring-fenced kind of policy that people will supposedly watch from outside of the fence and learn. It's like, no, why don't you take the existing market, you know, and create incentives for them to form cooperatives? you know, where they can maximize their value. So it's like that kind of thinking has somehow just evaporated, right? And been replaced by this sort of, you know, how can we do a solution that keeps us, you know, gaining the resources or, you know, keeps us in the driver's seat, that kind of that kind of yeah. approach. So yeah, all that to say, like it seems to me like as with the um the question of arms procurement, as with you know, the wider sort of political economy around land, the ranching thing only seems to replicate yeah, accumulating you know the drive. The the underlying scam. Exactly. You know, rather than yeah. resolve
1: it. That's it, really. Because now so they go to do their own thing now. Even if it's armed procurement, armed procurement, land grab, yeah. um, pipeline, contracts, all these kind of things. That's what you keep getting. That's what you keep getting. Right? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: that's it man you know but at the same time it does seem to me like there's all these possible entry points you know including cooperatives and you know these sorts of things that have been attempted even elsewhere in Africa that we just are not talking about because the distinction remains between like the modern and the traditional or between you know between farmers and herders Mm -hmm. you know it's this kind of Fake opposition of interest or opposition of timing that ultimately just results in more accumulation for the existing the existing power if you holders. You
1: get governments that really that's really interested. They will open this fair mm. for those kind of discussions and solutions. But these ones don't care. They don't care about this thing. It's how to accumulate that that wealth, you know, faster, regardless mm. of the consequences that come. So they might have you know frameworks you know to you know legalize that theft exactly that's what to legalize the theft to so land use Child, land use act uh, let's do roga let's they quickly do it and then boom you see them they'll be the ones sitting atop that system it's not about like you said advancing the breed of the cattle but no it's not about that it's about access to land it's about them doing it you see that it, it won't even translate to beef becoming cheaper has cement gotten cheaper mm-hmm. rice gotten cheaper has yam gotten cheaper? No. So <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. So uh, hungry to catch me. Right? <laughs> <H>. <laughs> it's crazy. So,
0: so my final question before we go for lunch <laughs> is to do with the left. I mean, obviously, we've talked about class, so that's you know one of the kind of main underlying themes that often we come back to. But we've not really talked about the left per se. In this subject, and maybe it's because maybe that itself is indicative. But you know, even if the left is out of power and right now only more or less exists in the discursive sphere, the left plays a role in a sense in this conversation because you know these issues are discussed in left forums. You know, and I know that you know both both members of this group you know have been in forums um, where these kinds of conversation comes up. I mean, I won't spend extensive time trying to lay out the various components of the conversation as it seems to be playing out in left spheres, but I just want to raise one and see how you folks respond to it based on what you know previously and based on what we discussed in the interview. You know, one solution that some radical um, perspectives in contemporary Nigeria articulate around the security aspect of this question is like, why don't we Empower local militias, hunters, vigilantes, you know. And of course, this is something that various members of the ruling class also buy into. Like the governor of Benway has been saying the federal government needs to allow him acquire AK-47 for farmers in Benway. And you'll hear people on the left echo this. Like we need local militias to be better, quote-unquote, empowered to deal with the banditry question how do you folks respond to that like what's your you know how have you seen you know what has been your kind of response as these kinds of perspectives have arisen not only in general but particularly in in the left
1: the left itself needs to be organized first because you imagine a bunch of unorganized people with guns <laughs> rifles and all that what you know what are we mm. asking for you know Though there's yeah that self-preservation thing and all is very important because you can't be killing people you know but it's really tricky because if you have guns in the hands Mm. of all these people so-called agbarrows or mortars and all what happens after election where do the guns go is there like a Mm. coherent way of ensuring that these people are organized you know something like the black panther party is there an ideology behind this thing because i'm assuming that it's not the left that's going to be carrying the gun i'm assuming that it's just a bunch of (laughs) hell. It's, it's 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 tricky. It's not like I have the solution or whatever uh, for it yet, but it's tricky that just sharing guns, you know. But people have the right to defend themselves. That's just the thing. So how how we want to go about it? See, uh, this is this mm. is what Emeka amazon Amazon, community organization, CDC, CDCs. Like how do if that one don't be well organized and they proper control, then we think, look say, maybe now through that framework we you do that community defense. But I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know.
2: <laughs> ah, Baba, you are I even shocked say you will get plenty to talk so. okay. yeah, no. oh, oh, ordinarily my response would be say, I don't know. I mean the left lies to talk. I mean talk a lot, mm. really, to be honest.
1: Um mm. if I have anything constructive to add to this aside
2: that bit of criticism, that sentiment the echo of that sentiment is, is for me a cry for more, like a cry for uh, the ability to be able to defend themselves, which isn't, uh, which 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 which, isn't, which shouldn't be discarded, um, mm-hmm. right? But but then, uh, I think it's something that people need to think carefully about, right? Uh, yes militias then you arm them i'm sure that there's history in nigeria that that's not to, to show that you know it doesn't always pan out well i mean you you probably won't solve that problem but then you created an even bigger problem you know in, in, in doing that um but also it's also mm. Shows to me that you know then, that people have begun to give up on the state. And maybe rightly so. So that, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a tiny, it's a tiny one, and I'll be honest, though. it's just that it's yeah. a bit of a tricky, uh, a tricky solution. And
0: no, I agree yeah, with so, that. You know, I, I mean, for me, it's... Yeah. Uh, no, I yeah. agree that certainly like, it's, it's small small it certainly like you certainly is a yeah, yeah strong indicator That's of good. the level of frustration. You know, that people are saying, look, it's now time to even embrace like non-state security solutions ourselves." Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you guys have both put it really well. You know, so I guess this has been an episode where we largely agreed on most things. You know, um, when you talk about learning from the lessons of history, you know, and all the key concerns that arise from that. And, you know, leaving aside some of the long-standing history of using militias as a solution. Even some of our more recent history um, in the Northwest, you know, the rise of Yan Sakai provides a really important il- lesson, you know, an illustration of like, mm-hmm. what can happen when we say, okay, no, let's just empower actors in the communities that are being attacked to respond themselves. Yeah. And, to you know, to sum it up, really quickly, I mean the example of Yansakai, which I don't think we went further enough into in the interview and in a way Yansakai almost deserves its own specific discussion, but that example suggests that these kinds of initiatives are often at best not, (laughs) not effective and at worst very counterproductive because all of a sudden you have an arms race in the countryside where well, one group, first of all, has local weapons, the other group says, okay, that means we need imported weapons. And then, you know, it's like, okay, now we have pistols, and then the other group has rifles, and on and on, you know? So the rural economy then starts to increasingly have a armed base. So, you know, ammunitions become a huge part of people's day-to-day... Um, Reality in the rural area. Mm. You know, not to mention the ethnicization of the problem and the fact that with that kind of solution, each clash becomes more and more deadly, right? We've moved from stones and, you know, somebody breaking a leg, exactly, somebody's leg being broke, as terrible as those things are, to now incidents where hundreds of people will die in a single encounter. So, yeah, I mean, I. I, I, I get where the frustration is coming from and I I also am sympathetic to the need for non-state responses but you know as OEG has said when we ourselves are not organized and these communities are not organized around you know like are not organi- i not organized well frankly speaking are currently organized generally on a kind of ethnically homogeneous basis then that kind of solution will seem to ultimately amount to a kind of weaponization or like intensification of the existing lines of division, um, you know. So it just doesn't seem to me like a sustainable way to go about this, um, particularly given the examples, you know, given the sorry outcomes of of some recent examples of actually trying to do that in practice, I think chief of which is Yan is Sakai. Mm. That's
1: it. There are a lot of lessons to learn, and the left just needs to be well organized so that you know solutions that will draw people to us will be able to you know come forth. But if not, I so we just go around and round man. You know, and it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, I, I've noticed um, in the conversation there's already been reference made. Repeatedly to various food items, mm. and you know the, 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 desi- the desire for for we'll food, for food security in the short term. Yeah. <laughs> so for oil, think, uh, for oil, is probably as good a time as any to call it, call it, mm. uh, it, it yeah. So yeah.
1: sense